This is Rama for Today Radio. We need to be careful what goes into our spiritual mouths. We need to be as careful about what we read as we are about what we eat physically. Christians many times think nothing at all of gulping down some poisonous doctrine which will poison life spiritually, rob them of their spirituality, ruin their testimony if they accept it. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on growing up spiritually. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Now, we need to keep an open spirit and a teachable spirit, as well as an innocent spirit, toward God and man. Then, the second characteristic of a babyhood stage of development, both naturally and spiritually, is ignorance. Now, you know, my wife and I, I suppose you know, I've made mention of it several times. My wife and I have two children. Our two children are grown now with families of their own. Now, in observing our babies and grandbabies, because we have several, I know this. A baby seems to think everything he gets his hands on is intended for his mouth. A newborn puts his hands in his mouth. As he grows a little older, and learns to crawl across the floor. If he finds a screw or a nail, it goes in his mouth. If he finds a spoon, it goes in his mouth. If he finds a spider, it goes in his mouth. You see, babies are ignorant concerning these things. They don't know what should go in their mouths and what shouldn't. And babies have died as a result of not knowing that. They've gotten a hold of something poisonous, and it killed them. I know of one case of a 14-month-old baby, a child crawling across the floor, picked up some spoiled food left there, perhaps by an older child. Before they could get the baby to a doctor, it died. An autopsy revealed the poisonous food. Now the parents went back home and found some of the food on the floor of the room, which was seldom used. That little one didn't know that he shouldn't eat it. He was ignorant concerning the effects that it would have. Now what am I getting to? Friends, the same thing is true spiritually speaking. We need to be careful what goes into our spiritual mouths. We need to be as careful about what we read as we are about what we eat physically. Christians many times think nothing at all of gulping down some poisonous doctrine which will poison life spiritually, rob them of their spirituality, ruin their testimony if they accept it. I remember a number of years ago, fine minister of the gospel, great soul winner, was filled with the Holy Ghost, had a marvelous experience with God. And I'll guarantee you this much, I know of no greater soul winner in any church than that man. He was outstanding. He'd get people saved when no one else could. It seemed to me that you could stand up the 12 best preachers in America, let all of them preach and give an altar call. Then he'd take the same crowd, preach to them, get more souls saved than any of the others after they'd had first shot at it. That was his ministry, an evangelistic type of ministry. But he got to reading after some false stuff, finally accepted some of the false doctrine, and got off on it. Now, if he's one of souls in more than 20 years, I don't know it, and no one else does either. I know of some born-again, spirit-filled people who were soul winners, getting people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but they got taken up with certain doctrines. Some of them told me God's doing a different thing nowadays. 
No, friends, God's not doing a different thing nowadays. They're just off their rockers. God's still concerned about saving people. They just left the fundamental truths of the doctrine of the Word of God and went off on something that didn't amount to a hill of beans. They said that the Lord wasn't interested in saving people nowadays, but thank God He is. Now, some things are actually poisonous in themselves. And some things, I realize it doesn't make a whole lot of difference how you believe on them. They're simply not essential to salvation, and it wouldn't make any difference whether you believed it or whether you didn't believe it. But friends, too many Christian people will feed on everything in the world except the right thing, and often will become poisoned spiritually. And then they lead disciples off after themselves. If the Spirit of God is in it, He's concerned about there being unity in the body of Christ. Did you notice in Ephesians 4, uh, the 13th verse where we read there, says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith. You see, that which divides Christians is not of the Spirit of God. It's of the devil. The Spirit of love never divides. Now, we need to realize that, know that. And Christians should be careful about the, the material that they read. I wouldn't just read anything. Be sure it's the Word of God, and then you're safe. Notice that Peter said, writing to these babes, desire the sincere milk, now notice, of the Word. See, the Word of God that you may grow thereby. Because you see, what goes into your mind, what you read and feed on will go down into your spirit. Now, I went into a Christian home once and saw some books I knew to be poisonous lying on a living room table. They were religious books, but they were poisonous. We need not, not only to be careful, friends, about the secular books that we read, but we need to be careful about religious books. Now, I purposely worked the conversation around to these books. I picked one up and said something about it. The person in whose home I was visiting was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. But they said, oh, that's the most marvelous book, is it? I asked. They said, yes. Now, in the early days of my Christian experience, I, I had happened to get hold of some of these books, and I detected immediately the poison in them. So I turned to certain pages and began to read certain things aloud. Well, now, Brother Hagin, uh, they give chapter and verse in there. I looked some of those up, and those verses are in the Bible. I said, certainly. If they didn't give some verses, though they may take them out of their setting and give a little bit of Bible, folks wouldn't read it. You know, if you was going to poison a dog, he wouldn't eat just the poison. You have to put the poison on a good piece of meat. Now, do you see what I'm talking about? You have to put the poison on a good piece of meat to get the dog to come to eat it. The devil will use some good scripture to get you to eat it, but he'll put a little poison on it. And so be careful, no matter who you read after. Don't read everything you can get your hands on unless you are a fully mature Christian and able to rightly divide it. It would be best not to read such things. I know years ago, I held a meeting for a full gospel minister, a very educated man, a man with an earned doctorate. Now, up to that time, I've never seen a larger personal library than his. There's no telling how many hundreds of volumes line the walls of his study from ceiling to floor. Well, being a bookworm myself, I was interested in looking it over. I read some of his books while I was there in three weeks of meetings. As we talked one day, he said, Brother Hagin, I'll be perfectly honest with you. There are some things that I've read that I wish I'd never read. They bother me. They hinder me, though I don't read them anymore. 
And they mentioned some of these books. They were religious books, but he said, I wish I'd never read them. It hinders my faith today. It hinders me in believing God today. Friends, it would have been better for him never to have built that into his inner consciousness, but he had. When I start reading something that takes faith out of me instead of putting faith in me, I have enough sense to lay it down right then. So be careful what you feed upon. There's a saying used in the area of man's natural diet. It said, you are what you eat. Now, the same thing is true spiritually. You are what you read. Now, let's go to another characteristic of a babyhood stage or state of development, both naturally and spiritually, and that is irritability. Babies are easily spoiled. And when they become spoiled, they become irritable. It's easy to spoil them to light so that you have to keep a light on. It's easy to spoil them to being handled and held. They're babies. But the Bible says something about babies growing up. You know, David said in the 131st Psalm in the second verse, Surely I behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. The Bible said concerning Isaac in Genesis 21.8, And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Now that ought to be a great day, that day when Christians grow enough to get off the bottle. But you know, friends, it isn't. It ought to be a feast day. Instead, it's a cry day. I know, I pastored nearly 12 years. It's no wonder to me at all that we're not doing any more in some of our churches than we are. If we do get a newborn babe in, you know, and get somebody saved, well, we don't have a bottle for the baby. Every bottle's already in use. The older babies are not going to give up their bottles. And every bed in the spiritual nursery is taken, and the older babies don't want to get up and give up their beds. I know one church I pastored. There were two ladies who lived next door to each other. They'd been saved, I don't know how long, but several years, baptized of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. But, you see, that doesn't make you a full-grown Christian. They were the biggest babies in the world. You'd have to run after them, run after them, run after them. They wanted you to come and pet them. They would miss church Sunday just so you would come over on Monday and pet them. So I just quit. One of the deacons said something to me about it, and I said, Brother, if you want to go over there and visit them, you just go ahead. But I'm never going over there again. The longest day I live or the longest day I pastor this church, I'll never set foot inside their houses again. I'm tired of wasting my time with them. They're babies who want to stay babies. There are other people who can be helped and I can spend my time with them. There are new people, newborn babies, really bona fide babies that need to be visited. And others are getting saved who need to be taught. You couldn't have taught those old babies anything, so I quit visiting them. Never set foot inside the house. The remainder of the time that I pastored church, 18 months, I never set my foot inside the house. But you know what? When they saw that I wasn't coming again, they were more faithful to church than they'd ever been. They began to grow. But as long as I petted them and kept them babies and made them babies, they stayed babies. Now, we ought to grow enough spiritually so that instead of someone having to come and visit us and pump us up and prop us up and pray with us and feed us, we're able to be out helping others ourselves. When weaning time comes, we ought to thank God for it. Now, actually, if a child is weaned properly, when weaning time comes, it'll turn its face from the bottle. Now, if it isn't, you'll have a cry on your hands. If uh, you can just keep people on milk, 
they'll grow. Peter said, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Now, I've actually had pastors say to me and trying to tell me I was giving their congregation a little too much. Now, Brother Hagin, I know my congregation should be better than they are, but you have to be careful. All they can take is a little milk. All I ever feed them is a little milk. I said, no, you haven't even given them milk. You've been pastor here 30 years. If they had been getting milk, they would have grown. Peter said that we would grow thereby. They didn't grow, so they weren't even getting milk. They were just getting what we call down in Texas, Blue John. Now, Blue John is milk with all the cream taken out. Babies are easily frustrated, easily distracted, easily hurt. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life, so visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's special offer. This package consists of the book by Kenneth E. Hagan entitled Growing Up Spiritually and the two-CD set by Ken Hagan entitled Our Rights in Christ. These great resources are at the special price of $15.95. That's $10 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. For you in the Oklahoma City area, don't forget... Northwest Expressway. 8921 Northwest Expressway. Rama Bible Church, Oklahoma City. Come on out and be with us on Sunday. Enjoy the weekend and come and yes. enjoy Sunday night, Sunday morning on Sunday night at 6 p.m. That's right. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on Growing Up Spiritually. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.